0: Well, if you have a Bible, uh, let's turn to the New Testament and to John chapter fourteen. We're going to read a few verses from John chapter fourteen. It's verses uh, fifteen to thirty-one. John fourteen, fifteen to thirty-one. This is a section where where uh, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Um, It's the upper room. He's in the upper room, upper room with his disciples. He's telling them and he's teaching them lots of things. And as we're going to see in this passage, he promises the gift of the Holy Spirit. So John 14, we're beginning at verse 15, and we're reading down to verse 31. This is God's word to us. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise and let us go from here. Amen. Now let's keep that passage open in front of us just as we consider uh, this second part of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Uh, d- during the summer uh, we went on holiday to Dunfanaghy. mentioned it a couple of times in church. Uh, we spent a week there and we stayed in a little holiday cottage. It was a bit of a trek. Uh, Dunfanaghy is one of the more northwesterly villages in Ireland. Uh, we went there with the whole squad, three kids and a dog and it was a bit of a squeeze getting everything in. Uh, We had clothes and food and buckets and spades and bats and balls and bottles and nappy and all sorts. Basically the kitchen sink but we got it all in. Uh, My role in getting ready for holiday or a trip away is to pack the car. It's a very specific role. It's not necessarily to pack the bags it's to put the packed bags in the car. I do my own packing, never takes me very long but Lynn sorts everyone else out and she's very good in in doing that. Anyway we were getting packed up to go and I was doing my thing, getting my stuff together, and Lynn said to me, have you got a phone charger? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll make sure to put one in. And I continued doing what I was doing. And that was fine, we packed up the car, the car was full, off we tottered it on Long journey, as I said, you can't just nip home for something if you forget it. Can't remember when this happened, but it was very early in the holiday, just after we'd arrived, Lynn's phone needed charged. And she said to me, have you got the phone charger? And we have the same types of phone, iPhones, And my charger was her charger, so to speak. And as soon as she asked, I had that feeling in my stomach. You know that feeling where your your stomach kind of just drops out of you? I had that feeling and you straight away that I hadn't packed the phone charger. I had a token look in my rucksack, but it wasn't there. It was no use. I hadn't packed the one thing that I was supposed to pack. To finish the story, we got sorted. I think I had the lead, but not the plug bit and we ended up borrowing the plug bit off the owner of the cottage, so it was all fine in the end. But it was a stressful few moments. Uh, there we were in Dunfanaki, over 100 miles away from home, with three kids and a dog, and no phone charger between either of us. And, no f- and with no phone charger, we were potentially looking at having, not being able to, to contact anyone if anything was to happen to us, not having maps to help us get around, and not being able to take any photos of our time away. So we were a bit snuggered for a minute or two. It was a simple mistake, an embarrassing mistake. It was very obvious that I should have made sure that I had packed a phone charger. But once we got one and got plugged in, everything was much better. Now, that little anecdote helps us to understand what the Christian life can be like at times. We can be desperate to fix things, achieve things, think through various options of how to do something. There can be frantic activity, but to no avail. There can even be a desperation about our efforts and a feeling that all is futile. The problem, though, is that without God's Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. And so often we think the opposite. We think that we can operate without His help. We think that we can operate without being plugged in. Uh, Last week we saw that the Holy Spirit is the third person. Uh, God is one in essence and three in person. Uh, The Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity and we also saw that the holy spirit is the life giver he was hovering over the waters at creation and he is the one who brings about the new birth in the hearts and lives of sinners tonight we're going to think about just one description of the holy spirit we're going to think about how he is our advocate and that's what we're thinking about and that's really just our main point and our only point this evening the holy spirit is our advocate uh, we've read from John 14 this evening and the passage in which Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you look down to John 14, verse 16, you'll see that Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Helper to be with you forever. Uh, the word Helper is sometimes translated as Comforter or Counselor, and it comes from the Greek word "paraclete. Uh, the first thing we notice in this passage is that jesus promises another paraclete or another helper for jesus to say that the holy spirit will be another helper means that there had to be a helper before the spirit uh, the new testament clearly identifies the first helper or paraclete as jesus himself uh, john writes this in 1 john 2 verse 1 he says my little children i am writing these things to you so that you may not sin but if anyone does sin we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous. Uh, The title advocate given here to Jesus is another translation of the Greek word paraclete. Jesus is the first paraclete, and upon his departure from this world, Jesus prays that the Father will supply another paraclete in Jesus' absence. The Spirit is sent to be Christ's substitute. But both Jesus and the Holy Spirit fulfill the role of helper or paraclete. Now, in the ancient world, a paraclete was someone summoned, summoned to give assistance in a court of law. The difference between Jesus as our paraclete and the Holy Spirit as our paraclete is understood in this way: J- Jesus' courtroom role for us—the way in which he stands in our place and takes on himself, t- takes on himself the judgment due to us—is exercised for us, outside of us. So we receive his righteousness because. He stands in our place as our advocate outside of us. The Spirit's courtroom role for us, though, is exercised within us. The Spirit brings us to acknowledge our guilt and to receive pardon in Christ before his return in judgment at the last day. The follow-up question to all of that is, what does the Holy Spirit do as our paraclete? If he indwells us, as we so often say and pray, then what is his role in our lives? Well, as our advocate, as our paraclete, he performs more than one task. Uh, among other things, the Spirit helps us as believers to address our Father. and uh, That's actually a very practical thing for us to remember as we come to pray in a few moments. It is one of the roles of the Holy Spirit to help us as we pray. Uh, listen to these words from Romans 8, uh, verses 26 and 27. Uh, Paul writes, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, what, what, what Paul is saying there is that we don't just ramble as we pray and the Spirit will be able to make sense of it. It's also not that Paul is saying, is mentioning tongues or making a reference to tongues here. It's a reminder that although Christians don't always know God's will in prayer, the Spirit intercedes for us and through our unspeakable groans. Uh, something else the Spirit does in his role as our advocate, as our paraclete, is that he aids us as believers in addressing the world. He speaks on our behalf when we face conflict. Uh, Jesus promised that in Mark 13, verse 11. He said, "And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit." The, the Spirit defends us against the world by convicting it of sin. The Holy Spirit works to vindicate the righteous against the attacks of the ungodly. Uh, the, the the concept of Paraclete also includes the role of comforter and this is possibly the part that we know best as our comforter the holy spirit is first of all a tender source of solace to the wounded to the defeated and to the grief stricken and secondly as our comforter he comes when we are in need of strength he he empowers us with courage and boldness as comforter he both consoles and emboldens that in christ we, be, we may be more than conquerors so the holy Spirit. Is our advocate then he helps us to address our father in prayer he helps us as we encounter the world and he also comforts us in that he consoles us and provides us with strength well, with all that in mind we need to remember that without God's Holy Spirit we can do nothing L- let me circle back to that little story that I started with there, there's an enormous danger in comparing the Holy Spirit to electricity the Holy Spirit is not a force, he's a person. and We've thought about some of his work and activity this evening. He wonderfully indwells every believer and is always with us. The illustration with electricity falls down because we're never without, without his power uh, as, his, uh, as his children. But, but there is a sense where we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit and to not grieve the Holy Spirit. What that means is that we need to be consciously living dependently upon God minute by minute, moment by moment. It means recognizing the truth that Jesus taught us that without him, we can do nothing. It's a daily seeking of the empowering of the Holy Spirit in putting sin to death, in faithfulness at home and in work and in witness to others. There is no other way to live the Christian life. Let me give you a quote from C.H. Spurgeon about our dependence on the Holy Spirit. Spurgeon once said this, he said, Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without wind or chariots, without steeds. Like branches without sap, we are withered. Like coals without fire, we are useless. As an offering without the sacrificial flame, we are unaccepted. Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. In our own lives and in our church life together we need to recognize where the power is we need to make sure that we're plugged in that we're relying daily on the Holy Spirit our second advocate the advocate who indwells us and helps us to address our father in prayer the advocate who helps us as we encounter the world and the advocate who also comforts us by consoling us and providing us with strength Let's pray that his power would fill us tonight and tomorrow and the next day as we live for the Lord Jesus. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we're convicted by those words of Spurgeon. Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. Father, we confess that so often we live lives that are not plugged in, so to speak, We pray that in these days, you would help us to rely on your spirit, to turn to your spirit for power and for strength and for comfort and for help. We thank you that he is our second advocate, the one who is always with us and who will never leave us. We pray that we would experience more of his work in our hearts and lives, in our own individual lives and also in the life of our church family. We pray that you bless our time together, especially as we come to pray to you, our Father, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.